Welcome back to Give Me Some Truth. This is Mitch DeWitt in the booth here, and we have uh, a couple others. Another special guest today, we have we have Eric Shervum, and he is in the lumber industry, and we'll let him introduce himself and, and also talk about the, the purpose and why he's here. We also have Nate Conn in the booth, and Dan, Marketing Dan, is here again as well. And the three of us have, have this is two two in a row that we've that we've rocked and rolled on. This is with guests. Yeah, and it's it's uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe a trend, if you will. Maybe, Ooh, maybe. Right. Yes. We'll see, we'll see what the next one looks like. And, and speaking of trends, <laughs> I think that right? that also goes a little bit with the topic here is something that we've seen since COVID is what is going on with the price of commodities or the price of lumber. Why are costs in general? increasing right and we hear we talk about inflation is it transitory is it here to stay so anyways as we were talking about this in our marketing meetings i said hey i know a guy a lumber guy <laughs> i got and, a guy <laughs> and and his name is eric so eric if you wouldn't mind give yourself a quick introduction here who you are and what you do that'd be great yeah thanks guys for having me today first time podcast ever for me so oh um, yeah look at this. <laughs> he's, he's officially a rookie yeah if you're a, a sports fan and listen to, like the dan patrick show you could say i'm a long time listener first time caller Ooh, there nice. you go. very nice yep. very six nice. two 215. Yeah. Where's the ding? Yeah, the ding, Dan. Um, so thanks for having me. I'm, I will not claim to be an expert, but I'd be happy to share whatever I know. Um, I work for a hardwood lumber company, actually. McDonald and Owen Lumber Company. We have four locations around the United States, um, Pennsylvania, Kentucky, and then two facilities in Wisconsin, as well as we, we ship lumber domestically, as well as I think it's like 35 countries internationally wow. as well. So we, um, we've got a great team with us, uh, I think 130 employees or so, and we just, it's a great knowledge base. And, and you were telling so. us before we got started here that you're, you're more in the, for, for uh, layman's terms, if you will, um, cabinetry, uh, hardwoods, things like that, that people would see as opposed to your standard two by four. Correct. Correct. So that's a good point you bring up. We're mainly in the decorative species, like the cherry, the red oak, walnut, hard maple type items. And I know just enough to be dangerous on more of like the building materials, which I think a lot of people when you talk to them just in casual conversations say, why is lumber pricing so high? They're referring to building materials. You know, they're referring, why is my house now costing 35, 40 grand more to build as compared to last year? Yep. But at the same time too, we also talked about in COVID was the year of remodel, right? Yes, in 2020 and, and into 2021 too. And that very well, what, what you see as far as prices and things go, I, I know you said don't or don't consider me an expert or whatever yeah. you said there. But but on the hardwood side, when it comes to pricing and things, I would say that you probably are an expert, <laughs> especially compared to the, you know, the person like myself or anyone in this office um, or those listening probably. So anyways, don't sell yourself short. No, well, I've got great people around me that keep me educated on stuff too. So it's, um, sure. it's helpful to have that. But yeah, hardwoods definitely have taken a big time jump, just like you would see building materials. Most people, like I said, focus on the building materials for my house, but now all of a sudden you start looking at the furniture, you start looking at the hardwood flooring, you start looking at the cabinet refacing or remodeling in your house. That's taking a big jump too. Like just for here, I got some data with me too, but just to give you an idea, like since we're talking like start of quarter four, um, October 1st, last year, 2020, idea like items like poplar. Poplar is a very 
Mm, functional hardwood we sell. It's usually a kind of a lower price point thing than most people paint. So if you walk around most houses, you'll see poplar trim, poplar base. It's not so much for cabinets. It's pretty soft, but most of the painted moldings you'll see around your house could be like poplar. Typically that would sell for like $1.20 a board foot, let's just say on average. Right now it's selling close to $2.50 a board foot. Wow. So when you look at that, you say, okay, Two fifty to one fifty—that's a huge jump. I think it's—I have the data here. It's seventy-nine percent higher today than it was at the start of quarter four, twenty twenty. So just to give you an idea, and that's that's one of the lower species in terms of overall dollar growth in terms of jump. Like walnut and white oak are two of the more higher-priced items in the market. And if I could give you a visual, if you looked at this table we're around right now, just take a normal table, pretend you got a rectangle in front of you. It's ten feet long. 40 inches wide, 42 inches tall. So you've got this rectangle in front of you, excuse me. <laughs> that would be what you'd probably consider just an average pack of lumber. So you're looking at that pack right there and you say back in 2020, this pack cost $5,000 for that pack of walnut. Right now, prices are up like what did I see today. It's up about $1,975 per unit just since October of 2020 quarter four. So it's seven grand now when it was five yeah, grand. Exactly. Less. And what we're bumping into now is we have customers that make product, you know, for the cabinetry industry, the furniture companies and stuff. And we're having to come to them and say, hey, our costs are up almost $2,000 per pack. And they understand, but now they've got to pass it on to their customer who also understands, but eventually where's going to be that pinch point where people say, I don't know what to do. No one's doing this intentionally. It's just, that's where the market is right now. So help us understand a garden variety, you know, it's a hard question, yeah. but a garden variety, kitchen remodel, I'm going to tear out the cabinets. I'm going to tear out, you know, the... Um, you know, upper and lower cabinets. I'm going to redo everything, mm -hmm. put in new countertops. I mean, what, what am I looking at for, you know, what was that price, say, mid-year last year for mm -hmm. a standard kitchen's worth of cabinets, and what is it today? That's a great question. I actually don't know a lot of that just because of all the other accessories that can involve, but I could tell you from a lumber side, you've been looking between 40 to 60% increase on most species. Wow. So when I kind of look at some of the major species we work with, and I kind of look at, okay, what's the percentage change and what's the dollar value change? Sure. The average tends to fall right. Right now when I'm looking, the majority of it is 56 to a high of 79%. So somewhere in that, let's even say 50 to 60%. So I can speak to that part of it. That's where we're seeing the lumber oh, pricing yeah. going. And people are still doing it, at least as of now that I know. People are still remodeling. I get questions from clients all the time. Hey, we're, we're thinking about doing this remodel or that, you know, whether it's bathroom, kitchen, et cetera. Right. So, but the question, which you kind of mentioned, is it, you know when does it get to that point where either may, maybe costs come down, right? Supply chain stuff's figured out, and yep. um, supply and demand kind of goes back to maybe equilibrium of some sort. But yeah, we don't really know when that might be. <laughs> Agreed, and that's kind of the million dollar question. There's a giant uh, lumber convention every year in Indiana, and I think this was they didn't have it last year due to COVID, but they came back this year and they had a good turnout. And I talked to our CEO when he came back from the show and he said, one of the main things he said is people are saying this might stay how it is for one to three years. Mm. Now, I tend to say, let's focus on just the one year, see where it goes. And I think that's most people's attitude. No one knows. Right. What we're hearing when we talk to people right now, like window manufacturers, they're kind of saying, sounds like we're getting prepped to at least to expect this kind of supply, this kind of demand through quarter one of 2022. So that's still you know nine months away till the end of quarter one. But people are now saying, Originally, when this happened, we we're kind of thinking, yeah, by July, August, we'll probably see stuff turned out. But right now, there's no signs of that right now for most species, just because of the big thing is we just don't have the capacity we used to have in the industry. 
back um, to give you a little idea, like the late 90s, we had a lot of mom and pop sawmills out there all over the United States that said, yep, I can do this for you. Great. Got a lot of capacity. All of a sudden you see an item like um, hard maple take a jump in price and not just a little jump, but like quite a jump in the late 90s, early 2000s. The capital they needed to secure the standing timber to cut jumped drastically. So they had to make a decision. Do we want to take out all this extra money now to do what we've already been doing? So a lot of them said, I'm just going to shut up shop right now. You saw some consolidation in our industry where the bigger people got bigger. But a lot of these mom and pop people left. And I was actually talking to a coworker who's a great source of information. His name's Patrick. And he used to work for a company and he was required to basically source 1.5 to 2.5 million board feet of lumber every month for a truck bed flooring company. And he showed me a list he had from 2006, 2007, where there was just a giant list of all these sawmills. And he went down and said, out of business, out of business, out of business. And it was like, of the, let's say, 50 people on there, maybe half, maybe less than that, he said, that I know of are still in business cutting. Wow. So what happens is you hit the housing bubble in 2008, and we probably lost nationwide about 50% of the sawmill capacity out there. And the prices plummeted. It's taken 14 years to get to the prices we're seeing now that in a way are almost back to the prices they were pre-bubble. Sure. You know, they're a little higher now, but still, it gives you an idea that the demand is so strong, our capacity shrunk, and then after COVID hit and people shut down, that shrunk even more. And so we, labor is a huge issue right now that's contributing to a lot of this pricing change on our side, the hardwoods. Um, Patrick actually said he was at a sawmill up in, Northern Michigan, and basically they said every week we basically have we have material we could make it, but we don't have the extra six to eight people we need on our sorting line to run the saws to run everything needed to produce this. So we're short about eight flatbed trucks a week of lumber. Now this is mm. one mill, so you extrapolate that over a month, and you're looking at 32 loads, 32 full size flatbeds of lumber that one mill says, I could make this, we don't have the labor to do it, that's just off the market. Crazy, so, so the demand is there, mm-hmm. supply is there, the the desire to make it is there. Yep. Just do not have literally the hands and the feet there to be able to, to, to run to full capacity. Correct, I mean, that's one of the major reasons. Wow. If you talk to people, they'll say, capacity, labor, 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 weather, the effects of COVID, and then like we had that tariff war, and that mm. hit our industry really hard as well. I mean, we had layoffs. We had people saying, we're shipping one out. Let's see, what was the stat I heard? One out of every four boards, or maybe more than that, goes to China. Like grade lumber, China buys. And when the tariff war hit, that basically shut off. Wow. And so now you had all these people sitting on lumber that they're used to shipping to China in these giant container cargo ships, you know, that say, where are we going to go with this? So right. people pushed back on that as well and said, we're not going to produce. Therefore... We just saw a huge drop in price. Wow. We saw a lot of people shut down from that. So going back to your question, though, um, labor, labor, labor is the big thing. So, yeah. so I've got a question. Yeah. We're not going to talk about futures per se, because I sure. know that's not something that you trade futures or yeah, yeah. anything like that. But but you look at lumber futures, and, and we've actually seen some prices cool off recently there. But they're still high relative Correct. to history. So uh, like I said, you're not a futures expert <laughs> or anything by that, right? You're not, you're not doing that. But how can we potentially look at that information and say, well, if, 
if futures were trading high in May of 2021, mm-hmm. but in June, and maybe it's cooled a little bit. Yep. I mean, do you have any thoughts or comments on, on has it cooled a little bit in your world or is it just, again, relative to history, <laughs> we're still at these insane type of levels? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, on our side of the business, we don't deal with futures as much, but I have looked into it more late as of late just to kind of see the trends there as well. So to give you an idea, this story really helps me a lot when I think about what we've been seeing. So to go back to earlier when we talked about use this table as an example of a rectangle, you know, if you imagine that's a pack of lumber and looked at this pack of lumber right in front of you, you'd say, I was told for five years, like the Southern yellow pine market for building and stuff, this pack of lumber cost you $350 a pack for five years. It only fluctuated, give or take 40 bucks up, 40 bucks down. So pretty much you knew if I'm buying this pack of lumber, it's going to cost between $310, $390. Five years straight, that was the case. This last year, for seven weeks straight, that pack of lumber that, again, did not change much for five years, went up $100 a week for seven weeks straight. <laughs> so per week? Per week. So by the end of it, it was up $700 Correct. from where it was seven weeks prior. So that $350 pack now cost you about 1000 bucks. And now you see futures trading at what it hit the high this week of 1700 and like 11 or 17, any over 1700. I think since May 10th, it's dropped now again, what 40% and it's down under a thousand now. So that just gives you an idea that people were used to $350. And I actually read something earlier that said, expect, don't expect it to go back to that level. Maybe 500 is the new level sure. eventually, but right now it's still at 900 and I had a quote here that, where was it? It said, um, basically, there's so much pent-up demand, housing and export demand, it seems less likely than previous cycles that prices will barrel back down to where they began last September. So it's kind of like buckle up and just see what's going to happen. We don't know. Well, And just talking about this whole inflation thing too, like if you're just looking at the CPI and just what it costs, you know, the whole basket of groceries type of analogy, right? What does it cost to get a basket of groceries 10 years ago compared to now compared to five years from now, right? And I think that some of the things that you're saying that, okay, maybe this does cool off a little bit, but the new norm is still going to be high, which still kind of indicates, well, you know, there are some um, inflationary type environment that's going on. Sure, the Fed always talks about this being transitory. Maybe it's a short-term thing uh, if you're just looking at consumer prices. But at the same time, you know, there's a lot of indicators that say we might not go back down to, you know, <laughs> where it is yeah. or where it was, I should say. Yeah, I think you make a good point there. I mean, it's we're in a supply and demand market. And right now, what people are willing to pay for it is kind of the going rate. And if people have the demand and the need and they're saying, I'll keep paying this because I need it. I think one of the biggest themes we're hearing from customers, from people in the industry we talk to is don't let us run out. Mm-hmm. It went from, hey, sorry, we got to raise your price now. No one loves raising price, but right. it's like we see our costs increasing. We have to pass this on to now it's saying, I almost don't care what the price is. Yeah. Don't let us run out. Right. Because the cost to shut down our production line for a day is way more than if we just paid that extra fill in the blank yep. what that is. So That's so, crazy. I, I want to circle back to... Yeah. Um, there's a lumber convention. Yeah, <laughs> believe it or can not, imagine they're all that's over. like. Is that, that must be a rager, right? I mean, just <laughs> well, like, can you imagine like going to a lumber convention? <laughs> Eric probably can. I mean, before COVID, he used to travel literally all over the world in some cases mm-hmm. for 
for your job, right? Yep. Yep. Um, what does the lumber crew look like at one of these conventions? Typically, is it, is it, is it, is it a is raucous it like the crew? Paul Bunyan, you know, lookalikes all over the place? I, I hope it's not. I hope it's like super like, like buttoned up, like it's super formal and you're like, really? This is a lumber convention? <laughs> yep. Yep. No, I think that's a great misconception. Everyone's going to be lumberjacks, the Paul Bunyan beards. <laughs> yeah. Stuff, you know? Yeah. It's a lot of guys and gals just like you and me that sure. are just out there saying, I didn't know a thing about lumber until I graduated college, got offered a job here, learned, couldn't tell the difference between two different species right in front of me. But it's people that said, yep, this is my job. I've learned to love it. You know, at our company, we've talked a lot about if you were selling widgets, it's all who you work with. Right, right. Like we love the guys we work with, guys and gals, because it's, it's fun. Sure. We have a golden tea arcade game in our office. You know, the people <laughs> take breaks to play. You know, they're playing bags outside. Our owner is one of the guys that says, this is so much more than just your job. Sure. He right. said, I have an open door policy come on in, let's talk about your life. If things at home aren't right, things at work aren't going to be right. Right. And so I kind of segue that, that it's a bunch of dudes you might've went to college with. Actually, I work with some of my college roommates now, <laughs> but I'll say this, it's a major family run industry. Yeah. So what's happening is you've had people that have run sawmills for a hundred plus years sure. that has passed down the generation to generation. And then you have people more like our company that didn't grow up in the lumber industry that have learned, that have studied for years now, you know, and just say, Hey, it's great. And you go meet them and it's fun, but it's, I, I don't know if you'd say it's as raucous as maybe you'd imagine, <laughs> but it's probably like any industry when you hit the trade shows and you realize, wow, people stay out late sure. <laughs> yeah, like oh, at yeah. the conventions. So, um, I mean, you know, it's joking, obviously, but yeah, at the same yeah. time, it, it, it is, um, it is interesting when you think about that, right? So people think about lumber and, and you have to have lumber to build a house, right? Yep. So, okay. So there, there's the house that sits right there, but how, how many steps like previous to that d d does the average person think? Like you go, okay, I know lumber comes from trees. Yep. Okay. But it comes from a sawmill. Yep. Sawmill has been in small family business, yep. which has been in, which has been in, you know, and so it's interesting though, when you look at an industry like that and you say, wow, so like the mom and pop sawmill in Rice Lake, Wisconsin has an impact on the overall price of the brand new home built in Madison, Wisconsin. I yeah. mean, it's really interesting when you think about it like that, that it really is built on the fabric of this industry that, that it's not just semis going down the street with pallet loads of, of lumber. Yep. It's the mom and pop sawmill in Rice Lake. And then when that shuts down, price go up. Yep. I mean, that it's just interesting to think about how things like that get done in this country. And you don't think about that. You don't think about like, oh, these sawmills all went out of business. And that's why we're paying so much more for this yep, stuff. Correct. And you know, what's it's also crazy. interesting is like, you look at the map of the United States, not every, so just for the hardwoods, just speaking sure. hardwoods, not every state grows hardwoods and has hardwood sawmills. So pretty much you hit the Mississippi, everything east is hardwoods, everything west, not so much, more softwoods, sure, a lot pine, of, yep, pine, lot sure. of pine, all there, some of that. So now you say only half the U.S. has grown it. And then every time someone... Like one of the sawmills says, we're done. Sure. Or, hey, we don't have anyone to sell to. Our family has no interest in taking this over. Yep, yep. You know, that's just part of it. It's so regional, too, because our Luck, Wisconsin facility, which is close to Rice Lake, depends on a great sawmill base within so many miles sure. of our... So it might not affect someone in New York as much as it might us in northwest Wisconsin there. And so it is funny when you think back to all the way from the landowners. And when they're buying logs, I mean, they're putting these bids out there for a year, year and a half out, sure, trying sure. to guess that, hey, if I pay this and bid this for the lumber and get it and now get a log it, that I'm projecting to make money on this yeah, versus yeah, right. seeing a huge drop. 
which is one of the concerns with the market now is who's going to get caught with the hot potato? When oh, is it going to drop? And now someone has an extra $1,500 a pack of lumber invested into something that overnight or over a couple months just went wow. down the tubes a little. So it's, it's a good game of kind of cat and mouse, if you will, and trying to project, I mean, monthly buy needs oh, and stuff. Crazy. <laughs> well, Eric, is, is there anything else that from maybe you have a couple quick stats or anything, but you mentioned those and sprinkle those in throughout the conversation, but as we're winding up here in the yeah. last couple of minutes, I mean, is there anything else that is just maybe one of these mind blowing type numbers or anything that is worth mentioning here <laughs> before wrapping up? I think one thing that's really pretty fascinating to me right now is some of the things that we're seeing. One of the things is freight. We need so many flatbeds, so many um, Conestogas to haul lumber across the United States. We need so many containers to get lumber from the East Coast to the West Coast, which is a huge building market. And freight itself has skyrocketed. I mean, we're paying, in some cases, week to week, double for a lane to ship from Central United States or the Appalachian region West than we were a week before. And then the next week, back to normal. But right now, it's such a fluctuation with freight and container rates. One of the stats I heard on container rates I thought was pretty mind-blowing is, so when we bring in goods from China, right now, from what I've heard, the container rates are anywhere from eight to, say, 12 grand. They'll pay per container to ship from China to, say, Port of Charleston down in South Carolina or Port of Baltimore or wherever. Eight to 10 grand they are paying, basically, or getting paid to ship from there to here. The reverse is not true from when we're shipping from the U.S. there. We're paying probably, let's just say, between 1,500 to two grand. So what's happening right now is these containers are leaving China, getting dropped off at the ports here, and instead of sticking around to reload and wait a little bit, oh my going, gosh. they're dropping they go straight back to China, go straight back, <laughs> empty, empty. Oh because my gosh. isn't that pretty wild to think? Because Crazy. they've run the numbers sure. enough to say, boy, we get paid that it's for this cheaper thing. just to go back, yep. less gas, we can get there faster. Go. So that's creating oh a huge gosh. shortage of containers. I mean, that's nuts. I had mentioned earlier, you know, we do business in like. I think I'm kind of guessing 35 countries. So a lot of it, we have to ship by containers for most oh, of them. Cow. So now instead of, yep, we can get a booking next week. We'll get it to the port. You'll be on the water. You'll have it in three weeks. We're waiting weeks, like three, four weeks at a time just to get the container. <sighs> and I see emails where, hey, this container is booked to be here on Tuesday. Get the email to you. Sorry, you got pushed to Wednesday. Get the email. Sorry, I got pushed to Thursday. And they just don't have enough actual containers. Oh, not crazy. They try to do their best to allow. So that wow. was a pretty wild stat, I thought, too, that affects this, you know, when you think about that. So that's crazy. Wow. Well, thank you so much <laughs> for, for, for coming in. I mean, it's 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 a it's so weird because Mitch and I were talking about before we got started, we were like, okay, you know, lumber. I mean, you yeah. know, like, you know, kind of and then you start talking about it, you're like, wow, this stuff is really fascinating. When right. You, when you kind of think about like <laughs> how all of this stuff connects together. So yep. Uh, there's there's no shortage of lumber memes out there too over the last few months, you know. Yeah, can Please send us these memes after the fact. <laughs> maybe maybe Dan Dan's can somehow interested. incorporate Dan these wants into a lumber memes. Yeah, Dan's our so. social guy. So if we can somehow post lumber memes, that would be fantastic. Exactly. I think two of my favorites are one is they're showing um, there's there's a car wrecked on the side of the road and it's got a giant two by four through the windshield. And they said, I got hit by a stick of lumber falling off a truck today. I was going to basically apply for insurance. And instead I sold the two by four and just bought a new car, <laughs> you know, and, and the other one was like, take me somewhere nice for dinner tonight. And it shows a husband and wife couple sitting in a plywood and Southern yellow pine <laughs> warehouse surrounded by lumber, you know? So it's, I guess people can joke about it a little, but it's, it's a real thing happening. Yeah. So. Crazy. 
So. Well, thanks so much. We'll definitely keep you on the docket to bring you back in for another podcast as as uh, this this evolves. So, well, thanks again, guys. Really appreciate it. Thanks everybody for listening to another episode of Give Me Some Truth. Walker Conan Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor with the SEC. The opinions expressed by the participants of this podcast are their own and do not reflect the opinions of Walker Conan Financial Advisors. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific security investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for any individual. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from a qualified tax, legal, or investment advisor to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. Thanks for listening, and for further information, please visit walknercondon.com.